Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. Thank you so much for joining me. I am currently sharing my book Feelers, a chapter or sometimes two, every week. And this week is chapter 14. So please enjoy. The sun was high overhead, and its brightness was startling. How many years had passed since I'd last seen the sun? Mr. Cheer was a pitiful replacement for the real thing. I tipped my head back and let the warmth wash over my face. The protection of the trees quickly gave way to rolling green fields. Mina paused at the edge of the tree line. A narrow dirt road cut through the bright hills. Beyond the dusty road was the first in a line of small shabby houses. Their walls were made from trash, ancient rusting traffic signs, and colorful plastic bottles. There were beautiful designs woven throughout the battered walls and partially hidden beneath a thick layer of gray dirt. The nearest to us was a house from the old times, a charred relic of wood and steel, refurbished with opaque plastic and windows of sky-blue glass. The panes of the glass were decorated with golden symbols. Eyes, circles, triangles, and stars all swirled over the surface and seemed to shift slightly as we approached. The wind stirred a chime made of weathered metal bars and pieces of broken glass. The sound was soft but somehow grating, a warning to any who trespassed. The noise sent a shiver down my spine, but Mina smiled. She stepped confidently onto the warped wooden steps and pushed aside the plastic strips that hung over the doorway. The strips were decorated with beads, seeds, and twigs. They rattled and scratched as she moved them aside. Warning bells were going off in my head, but the others seemed calm and confident in Mina's choices. We followed her into the dim room beyond. Patches of blue light filtered into the room through the panes of glass, casting shadows of the symbols on the floor. They formed three circles on the weathered floor, with an eye in the center of each. I was so absorbed in the symbols that I didn't see the woman seated at a table in a small kitchen in the back of the room. I jumped when she spoke. How many? She was dressed in black sweatpants and a large gray pullover hoodie. Her hair was dark and streaked with a wide swath of white. The deep blue of her eyes was barely visible as she squinted revealing deep wrinkles around her eyes. Three firsts, one third, Mina replied. The woman nodded and sat back in her chair. She put a pipe to her lips and exhaled a sweet-smelling cloud of smoke over us. The smell was overpowering and tears filled my eyes. I coughed a little but tried to keep it quiet. I didn't want to offend this woman. She was shrouded in a dark, pulsing aura of simmering rage. You're missing one she said matter-of-factly. She exhaled another cloud and motioned for us to join her at the table. Mina confidently took the chair opposite the woman. Gwen and Kaya took the remaining two. I stood awkwardly near the table between Mina and Kaya. The woman looked at me for a long moment. She took a draw off her pipe and loudly exhaled the smoke into my face. A violent coughing fit doubled me over, and the woman laughed. She rose from her seat and gestured for me to sit. Sit, relax. You're safe here. I looked at Mina while trying to stifle the last of my coughing fit. She nodded and smiled. 
I moved cautiously to the empty chair. The woman slammed a bottle down on the cracked tabletop. The bottle was blue glass and shaped like an ornate dragon with ruby eyes. She placed a small cup in front of each of us. Drink up, girls. This will heal what ails you. Then sleep. It's easier to move at night. The liquid she poured into our cups was a deep golden color and warmed from the inside. My stomach gurgled unpleasantly. The woman moved around the room lighting candles and bringing more light to the dingy surroundings. She drew a patched purple curtain between the kitchen and the front of the house, leaving the kitchen bathed in a soft light. Along one wall was a row of cots covered with thick woolen blankets. The woman gestured to them with a sweep of her arm. Sleep. Rest easy here. You are safe. I'll wake you for dinner. She nodded to us and slipped through a door in the back. Mina rose from her seat and stretched her arms overhead. A small smile played on her gentle face. Let's sleep, girls. Mills is a guardian. She may not look it, but she is quite powerful. The girls settled into their cots quickly, but I lay staring at the rusted tin roof long after their breathing had become slow and even. A soft click and the lightest creak of hinges alerted me to the door swinging open in the back, and I watched the woman Mina had called Mills slip into the room. She saw me watching her and put her finger to her lips. She motioned for me to follow her, and slipped behind the faded purple curtain. I threw back the scratchy blanket and eased myself off the cot, trying to make as little sound as possible. The curtain pulled back as I approached, and fell back into place after I stepped through. The woman knelt in the middle of the room, right in the center of a blue circle of light. She sat with her head bowed to the floor in front of her. Her hands rested on either side of a long silver knife. My heart started pounding at the sight of it. The cool blue light made the blade look deadly and sharp. She raised her head and looked at me with an unmasked annoyance. What's the matter, princess? Can't sleep? You'll regret that down the line. As she spoke, she rose smoothly to her feet. The motion was swift and precise, and it was obvious she'd been doing it for years. She produced her pipe and exhaled a large, sweet cloud in my face. She grinned when I doubled over coughing. It's strange when the fire cannot handle the smoke. She pointed her pipe at me and narrowed her eyes. You're a strange one. I stared at her, unable to respond, unable to speak. My throat was numb and a flame burned deep inside me. I tried to swallow and panicked a little when I couldn't. The woman smiled as she watched me. After a moment, she approached and pressed three fingers against my forehead. A blinding white light burned between us and my body quaked with inner tremors. When she removed her fingers, the light vanished, and I dropped to the floor. There was no feeling in my legs, and the numbness was spreading. The woman laughed and took another draw from her pipe. You, she said between giggles, are so weird. I mean, I mean, I knew it as soon as I saw you. It's pretty obvious. But man, you are something else. Strangest I've ever seen. While she spoke, she arranged me into a sitting position, propped up against the wall with my legs crossed and my hands in my lap. My head wouldn't stay up, and rolled side to side. She sighed and placed her hands on either side of my face. Stay, she whispered, and my head obeyed. She knelt in front of me and gave me a sympathetic smile. I'm sorry. This is my job. Finding the weird ones. It's not personal. 
She shifted into a more comfortable position and pulled at the frayed cuff of her sweatshirt. You're a hyperfeeler. You overfeel. You're too sensitive. She shook her head sadly. You have too much power. More than anyone I've seen. And I've been doing this for decades. She sighed. That's unfortunate for you. She stood up and paced the room nervously. I couldn't turn my head. I couldn't feel my body at all. But the flame inside me was growing stronger. I could feel her fear. I could feel the pressure of the suppressed rage inside her. Something seemed to shift and her expression became ferocious. She rushed across the room and put her face close to mine. Her eyes had darkened to midnight blue pits, and the anger radiating off her was oppressive. Every alarm was going off in my head, but there was nothing I could do. Stop it. Get out of my head. I don't care who you are. I've been here long before you, and I'll continue long after you're used up and gone. You only get three chances. Your friend's already on her second, but she has no idea. They feel less than you do. Enough to be useful. Enough to know there's something wrong with you. But not enough to see the truth. She sat down with a sigh and rubbed her temples. I'm sorry. This is not an easy life, you know? I've never met one of your kind that understood. She pointed at me accusingly. There's bruja in you. I don't know how that happened, but it has to be true. Her head snapped up suddenly, and she motioned for me to be quiet. Like I had a choice. She pushed aside the plastic strips and stepped outside. I heard her step off the porch. Morning, Miss Miller. What can I do for you? You're a long way from home, ain't you? I hear the shuffle of footsteps in the dirt, and she cries out, but softly, trying not to draw attention. I don't like your tone, Miss Miller, the deep voice said. The words were slow and drawn out. You're too comfortable here. Don't mess with me, or I'll see that you are never comfortable again. Understand? I didn't hear her reply, but I heard the sound of her body hitting the ground. The man laughed, and there was a scraping sound. Get up, witch. Don't look so surprised. I know what you are, and I will find a way to get you committed. You'll never know when it's going to happen, but it's coming. Is there a reason for this visit, Leopold? Don't you dare call me that. I heard him slap her, and I heard her cry. There is a scuffle, followed by another slap. The flame inside me was growing with every sound. Her rage and my rage mingled and burned inside me. When she speaks, her voice is cool and even, though hoarse. I will call you whatever I like. Do what you will for now. Your time is coming, and I will still be here when you're gone. Get up. The man's voice cracked a little. Her response had shaken him. He was a man used to getting his way. The pale blue circles on the floor began to spin. They rose up off the ground in front of my amazed eyes. The shadow symbols turned gold and glowing. The fire inside me burned, and I saw red. The light blocked my vision, burning brighter and hotter until I felt like I would be consumed and turned to ash. Then everything went dark. And that is the end of chapter 14, book lovers. I hope you're still enjoying Feelers. If you would like to read ahead, there is a link to purchase the ebook or the paperback in the show description. 
And I will be back next week with the next chapter of Feelers. Until next time, keep reading.